Adam Crowley Show. I mean, I cannot believe the kind of nonsense that I am hearing right now. On ESPN Pittsburgh, 970 AM and 106.3 FM. Jeremy Fowler of ESPN did a deep dive into the Pittsburgh Steelers organization, talked to former players, current players, people within the walls of the UPMC Rooney Sports Complex, and really nobody looks good as it relates to the Antonio Brown, Ben Roethlisberger, Pittsburgh Steelers situation. But now, moments before the show... Do we find out that Antonio Brown has been seeking advice over the course of this year? And the person he's gone to for that advice? None other than locker room cancer, Terrell Owens. So as bad as Ben looks, as bad as Tomlin looks, as bad as the organization looks, AB still looks the worst. You found the Crowley Show where your mom listens, and you should too. 412-922-2874 is the number to call, or you can join the cast of dozens. Follow me on Twitter at underscore Adam Crowley. Brian LaMartina sitting across from me, shirtless Tom behind the glass. Check that out on Twitter at FBomber73 at ButtonPusher970. Please tell your kids, tell your wife, we're doing radio up in here. If you could make out a bingo sheet, of the worst people to get advice from. It would go like this. Well, top corner, we'll put James Harrison. He quit on his team last year. Over here, we'll put Terrell Owens. He was doing sit-ups in his driveway. He was skipping time with the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, we've got Chad Ochocinco down here. Michael Irvin, maybe over here. Deion Sanders on this side. And yeah, you can scream bingo because Antonio Brown has been connected to each and every one of them. We joked about this on the show a couple of weeks ago. That Antonio Brown being in Instagram videos with Chad Ochocinco tells you all you need to know about Antonio Brown. We all know how Chad Ochocinco conducted himself over the course of his career. As entertaining as he was, as good as he was, he was always a headache. So that's a bad person to lean on for advice. James Harrison, his buddy, they pals, they friends, they're together in an Instagram video. And, man, that's a bad guy to get advice from, too. James Harrison quit on the Pittsburgh Steelers as recently as, oh, I don't know, last year. He's also been very critical of Mike Tomlin has James Harrison because, hey, he's got an axe to grind. He wants to be on television, too, so he's got some ulterior motives. So that's a bad guy to get advice from. Who's another one of his mentors? Deion Sanders. Primetime. I like Primetime. Hell of a player. Really cool dude. Very personable. But sometimes that personality would go just a tad over the top. Sometimes he could be just a little bit of a distraction. And nobody in the history of the game was ever more me, me, me than he, 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 Deion Sanders. Terrell Owens? That's my quarterback. That's my quarterback. Had a lot going on. T.O. had some problems. Ripping Donovan McNabb, defending Tony Romo, even though there were rumors that he wasn't quite getting along with the Dallas Cowboys quarterback. Over the course of Terrell Owens' career, he became 
as much of a locker room cancer as any player in the history of the game. These are the people that Antonio Brown is leaning on for advice. These are the people that Antonio Brown has decided to make his cabinet up of. Uh, Antonio Brown is the president. This is his cabinet. This is his brain trust. And, well, I think we all know why things have gone south as quickly as they have. We'll get into Jeremy Fowler's story in a couple of minutes. We've got Jeremy on in about 15 minutes here on the Crowley Show. But Antonio Brown today on Instagram posted a graphic, I guess you'd have to call it, of himself wearing a San Francisco 49ers jersey. He's never played for the 49ers. He's wearing a San Francisco 49ers helmet. Never worn one of those. The nameplate reads Brown, and the character is hugging Jerry Rice. That never happened! But Antonio Brown clearly does not want to be a Pittsburgh Steeler. And as much as at the Pro Bowl in Orlando, Marquise Pouncey and others have said, yeah, this could all work out. All it would take is a phone call. Time heals all wounds. Time ain't going to heal this wound. Antonio Brown is Terrell Owens. Antonio Brown is Chad Ochocinco. Antonio Brown is James Harrison. Antonio Brown is a quitter. Antonio Brown is about himself. Antonio Brown ain't a team player. So you can say time heals all wounds. Maybe you forgive him, but he doesn't change. Antonio Brown will continue to be Antonio Brown because he's getting horrendous advice. Antonio and Le'Veon Bell both got horrendous advice this year, have they not? Le'Veon Bell's like, yeah, I'm going to sit out the whole season so I can eventually cash in big. You're just going to leave that $15 million on the table? Yeah, I'm going to cash in big. You know you're never going to recoup that money, right? I'm going to cash in big. That's some bad advice. That's living with yes men your entire life, or at least your entire adult football life. Same thing's going on with Antonio. Antonio's looking for allies, and when he reaches his arm out, he grabs James Harrison and Ocho Cinco and Terrell Owens. We shouldn't be surprised that this worked out the way that it did. Other people will say today, after Jeremy Fowler's story came out, that, well, Mike Tomlin had something to do with this. Well, Ben Roethlisberger had something to do with this. The culture of the Pittsburgh Steelers had something to do with this. No, to me, it's Antonio Brown's fault, first and foremost. In Jeremy Fowler's story, he reported that A.B. was fine on a couple of different occasions, that Antonio Brown would come to meetings late all the time, that Mike Tomlin actually allowed him to live off campus at St. Vincent College in Trobe when every other player is required to stay in the dorms. That's preferential treatment, ladies and gentlemen. So you could point to Mike Tomlin and say, he did not do a good enough job here. I'll continue to say what I've been saying about Mike Tomlin's role in this situation. If Mike Tomlin disciplined Antonio Brown at any point before the end of this season, you would have seen Antonio Brown blow up. He just would have blown up sooner. Mike Tomlin did discipline A.B. from time to time. Antonio Brown, according to a Jeremy Fowler source, once likened Mike Tomlin to Martin Luther King. And another player in the meeting room had to say, simmer down now, pal, to Antonio Brown. 
Mike Tomlin, though, he snapped back. Would you say? So there have been some confrontations. There have been some uncomfortable moments. Mike Tomlin has, in fact, fined Antonio Brown. But I don't know what else Mike Tomlin really, honestly, realistically could have done. A lot of people keep saying, Mike Tomlin, he should have lowered the boom. Well, what should he have done? I want specifics. And maybe you've got some at 412-922-2874. What do you think would have worked with this guy? I don't think anything. Well, listen here, A.B. You're now suspended for the next week's game. What do you think A.B.'s going to do? Going to leave? Going to get in this really expensive tinted window car? He's going to go park it in a handicap spot somewhere. He's going to dial up his phone. And you know who's going to be on the other side? Chad Ochocinco or Terrell Owens. And they're going to tell him, oh, man, it's not your fault. It's Ben's fault. Oh, man, it's not your fault. It's Tomlin's fault. Oh, man, it's not your fault. It's Juju's fault. If Mike Tomlin lowered the boom, if Mike Tomlin disciplined Antonio Brown more than Mike Tomlin already disciplined Antonio Brown, things still would not have worked out. Should he probably have not allowed Antonio Brown to have different housing during training camp? Sure. I think that is a bad look. That is not smart for Mike Tomlin. But did Mike Tomlin build this monster? I don't think so. A lot of people will argue that he did. A lot of people will say Mike Tomlin continued to give A.B. rope, continued to say, A.B., yeah, sure, show up late for meetings, it's fine. But put yourself in Mike Tomlin's shoes. You've gone to the playoffs four straight years, coming into this one, of course. 13-3 and last year, went to the AFC Championship game in 2016. You've got one of the most prolific wide receivers in the history of the game who, despite all the -the off-the-field antics, despite all the meeting room antics, is continuing to go out there and put up numbers year after year, game after game, make play after play. Do you sit him down and cut off your nose to spite your face? You could say Mike Tomlin's got more of a leash than any coach in football, that he's not going to get fired even if the Steelers don't play well. But Mike Tomlin's got to be thinking about the here and the now and winning football games. What happened last year in the Super Bowl when Butler got sat down by Bill Belichick? The Patriots gave up almost a fitty burger in the Super Bowl. You think the rest of that team deserved it? You think the other 52 guys on that roster deserved to lose? You don't think that he could have made an extra play to help them win the game? You have to allow Antonio Brown some rope. You just had to because he was that good. There does come a point where it's too much, though. And we've reached that point. We come to a crossroads where Antonio Brown, he quits on the football team. Okay, when you're not going to play, when you're not going to practice, when you're going to skip an MRI, that's it. We're done with you. See you later. He's still productive on the field. He had 15 touchdowns this year. But now it's too much. Enough is enough. Reportedly, Mike Tomlin's been saying to people over the course of the last couple of years that when the production on the field doesn't live up to the expectations, then it would be time to get rid of Antonio Brown. Well, that's not even what happened. What's gone on off the field has been ridiculous, but what's going on on the field is still productive. So Mike Tomlin is, in a way, disciplining him now. 
Same way he disciplined James Harrison. You ain't going to be a stealer? Well, you really ain't going to be a stealer because you're gone. LeGarrette Blunt quit on the team? Okay, we'll quit on you. That's a form of discipline right there. And a lot of people will argue, don't let it get to that point. If you step in, if you punished him, for real, more than fines, at any other point up to this point, it would have turned out the same way. Mike Tomlin is not perfect. People tell me, you are a Mike Tomlin defender, Crowley. I'll defend him to an extent because he's a good coach. Was it dumb for Antonio Brown to have his own housing at training camp? Yes. Should he have fined Antonio Brown every single time he was late? Yes. But would that have changed the outcome here? My answer is a resounding no. This was the little nugget at the bottom of the Jeremy Fowler story. He'll be joining us in seven minutes on the show. He, of course, from ESPN. He wrote, One team source believes Brown failed to show up that Saturday, this is prior to the final game of the season, to prove a point. See what happens with me drawing those double teams. Juju Smith-Schuster had a touchdown in that game, but had less than 50 yards. But the point is, Antonio Brown feeling like that tells me all I need to know about everyone else's responsibility here. If Antonio Brown cares that little about his teammates, that much about himself to say, let's see how good Juju really is without me, then Mike Tomlin might be an ancillary part of this. Ben Roethlisberger might be an ancillary part of this. But Antonio Brown is the real problem. 412, I burped, 922-2874. Tweet me at underscore Adam Crowley. We'll get to the Ben Roethlisberger participation in this article with Jeremy Fowler when we come back. We'll also dive into that a little bit at 440. It's the Crowley Show. The Adam Crowley Show. Oh, he went from the bottom. I give up, man, if you're not going to be honest about it. I give. John, Thanks my nipple looks on. like my Bye-bye. nipple looks like my cat like a like my cat's nipple. <laughs> Adam Crowley on ESPN Pittsburgh. Well the south side of Pittsburgh's a part of town that we all know. And you'll find See Antonio, he's in trouble Because he's acting dumb as a door All the downtown ladies call him window liquor All the men just call him derv Because he's dumb, dumb Antonio Brown The dumbest man in this whole damn town He's dumber than a Big Ben's dog He's dumber than a stump on a log Oh yeah, because he's dumb, dumb Antonio Brown whole damn town he's dumber than a big band's dog he's dumber than a stump on a log oh yeah antonio brown was seeking advice over the course of the year and on mike florio's podcast today terrell owens said he was one of the people that ab reached out to for advice 
Yeah, can't say I'm surprised. We discussed it a couple of weeks ago when we found out that Ocho Cinco and AB were boys. Hangs out with Dion. Hangs out with James Harrison. Nobody should be surprised. Jeremy Fowler wrote a long-form piece for ESPN on the Steelers situation surrounding Antonio Brown. He joins us now. Jeremy, two things. Thank you for coming on with us. And the second thing is great story, man. A lot of legwork there, huh? Hey, thanks, Adam. Appreciate it, man. Uh, yeah, just kind of a crazy time trying to trying to just learn as much as I could about the Antonio Brown tenure behind the scenes. You know, he's had so many teammates that um, – really love the guy and, and love what he does, but, you know, they acknowledge that he, he took star treatment to the max in a lot of ways as well. Do the people that you talk to blame Mike Tomlin, or do they think that Antonio Brown went off the rails because he was just a guy who was going to go off the rails? So I, I don't think they blame Mike Tomlin. I mean, I, I think everyone acknowledges that, or at least most of the people I talked to, that uh, it was an accumulation of minor issues that, at face value, um, didn't really hurt the team. But over time, it, it sort of became an avalanche. I mean, uh, I, I, nobody really blames him. I think the, the word is maybe could he have handled a few things differently, like a couple people brought up, okay, if you're going to find your players and you might announce a fine when, a, when AB walks in the door late, you know, can you hit him with conduct detrimental to the team, which can be a much bigger fine you can take out of his paycheck. That can hurt him even more, maybe send, you know, resonate, send a message. So, um, so some people wonder if he could have been a little sterner in spots, but there was a lot of defense there as well. This is kind of a layered conversation. I don't think it's as black and white as people make it in the sense that, you know, they, they acknowledge Tomlin's full frontal about needing to get the best out of his guys on Saturday. So if he's worried, and, I, and I, this was Tomlin's stance, according to several players, he would make this known, like, if I'm worried about every little fine for every little player and every uh, – you know, every time somebody sprints too early on a practice sprint, and I'm keeping track of all that, we're not focused on winning. Um, and, and, you know, if I'm policing my players, they're not going to be at their best. And, and really, in a lot of ways, he proved to be right. That's just his style. But over time, things like this can happen. Uh, and it looks like at least some players believe this, this uh, philosophy backfired on them. You get a lot of jealousy of guys for the way that Antonio Brown was treated. He gets the... Uh different housing during training camp in St. Vincent College? Well, that's the funny thing. It's not jealousy. It's, uh, it's almost admiration in some circles. Uh, it's, it's funny that they just say A.B. is the man. I mean, like, A.B. is really compared to, I, I know he's a different character, but look at Manny Ramirez, right? You know, they say Manny's being Manny. <laughs> that's kind of how it was it to be. Like uh, Doug Ligurski, who played here for a couple of years, said, said it best that, Antonio Brown will show up late to a meeting, but he'll show up with a smile on his face. So you're really not even mad at him. Um, but it's just over time, like, the, and the, you know, when you start missing whole days, like what happened this year, then it becomes a bigger issue. And I think some of the players now privately are, um, you know, they want to support him. They have supported him in, at the Pro Bowl publicly, but privately they're just, you know, they're, they're getting, I don't want to say the boiling point yet because they, they, they still care about the guy. They know what he can do, uh, but they're just getting a little fed up with, with sort of the, um, the, the constant distractions. How often was Antonio Brown late? So I, I don't have an exact tally, but sure. I mean, a lot of the guys I talked to said, look, I mean, it was, it was all the time. I mean, you probably could have find him most days Jeez. Uh, of, of the week, but it's, you know, it's, uh, they, they have different layers of meetings. They also have, uh, you know, a setup where it's like, 
you know, you can walk in. Um, sometimes you can be on, you know, go unnoticed because of like the way, you know, the room dynamic, the way it was and where everybody was positioned. Like I think there are a lot of dynamics to it, but, um, you know, one player did say he just simply didn't see him for a lot of those Wednesday morning meetings. But, uh, now that said, I, I do think he was at a lot of the offensive stuff, uh, and, and was ready to go for the game planning of the week. Jeremy Fowler joining us from ESPN. Jeremy, what is the relationship from the people that you talk to? How do they describe Ben and A.B., how they work together? Well, I caught up with uh, Marcus Whedon, who played here for four years, and, and I thought he said it best, that they love-hate relationship. Um, you know, they'd be angry at each other sometimes, and then they'd always kind of find a way to make up. And, uh, you know, it really didn't fester. Really, it was a you know, despite some, some occasional uh, confusion on the field or maybe they get angry at each other or argue like they would always work it out. Uh, and then it'd be, quote, hugs and touchdowns, which is what he said. But it's, it's, it seems like the dynamic did change this year. It's hard to pinpoint all the issues um, because it's still a little hazy, depending on who you talk to, what actually happened in week 17. I mean, Marquise Pouncey came out and said nobody, you know, Antonio Brown did not throw a football at anybody. He was pretty adamant about that but clearly there was a flare-up that did happen but um i do know that the week you know the the after the denver game big ben's public criticism uh, criticisms of brown uh were a factor brown you know privately did not like that even though he said the right things publicly so could that have festered uh potentially did anybody say that ben was too hard on antonio brown Mm, well only in just the public as far as the public criticisms, like some people are just not going to agree with the way he treats the radio show, which Ben has come out and said, you know, as a captain, longtime player here, quarterback, you know, sometimes um, that that's going to be the method, but I'll point the finger at myself too in that criticism. So he, he's been, you know, upfront and clear about that. Some people are simply, you know, some ex players probably, well, definitely some current players are, are not going to uh, maybe agree with that method, you know, because it'll be old, uh, the, the typical NFL way is to try to keep things in-house. But um, some people agree with it, too. It just depends. But as far as behind the scenes, as far as I can gather, you know, ben, Ben's not a confrontational guy. Um, they weren't having blow-ups, things like that. If, if you know, if there was something funny that happened where uh, Roethlisberger would maybe tell Brown to turn down his music or something and, you know, AB could say something slick, but it wouldn't be like a fight. It would just be something more funny or Using so I, I don't really think that was an issue in the building for the most part. I think I'm just re- reading between the lines here. You tell me if you garnered this from any of the people that you talked to, but if the relationship has been a love hate one back to the days where Marcus Wheaton was around, but it had never really boiled over until now, is Juju Smith Schuster yeah. the other woman? I mean, is that, is that what happened here? <laughs> well, it's so when, when Brown didn't really talk to anybody for the most part, with the team. Maybe he did. I think he probably talked to a few people. Darius Hayward Bay probably being one just because they're tight. Um, but he, you know, when he left, people were left to theorize, right? Current players, ex-players, um, talking among each other, maybe what they know about the situation. And, and most logical conclusions say, and I heard this from a few people, that Brown was, you know, probably making a statement when he left. Like, look, let's see what you do without me. If this is how it's going to be, and I'm going to feel – underappreciated or maybe feel like the scapegoat in a lot of ways, you know? So um, I, I do think that's a factor, but I don't think it's personal to Juju. Um, in fact, I was at the Pro Bowl and spoke uh, with somebody very, you know, very close to, to uh, Juju Smith-Schuster. They said he and A.B. have a good relationship. 
um, there's never really been an issue there. It, it, I think it's more, um, I mean, look, people think the team MVP could have been uh, problematic as well um, with Brown scoring 15 touchdowns and drawing all the double teams that he does, which could have led to things. But it, it's it, it's a lot of theorizing, really, for, for most people involved. I mean, Art Rooney's been clear that he doesn't even know. Uh, and I think that's that's sort of been the problem at this point. But Drew Rosenhaus did tell me today that they have had contact with the Steelers. He wouldn't say what that is. Whoa, breaking news, Fowler. There has been contact uh, that he said they're going to handle internally, that, that, that they have a position. I don't know what that position is. Well, you got you got to call back when you find out what position it is, okay, Fowler? You got to tell us the information. <laughs> you got you got to break it right here on the show. That's right. I'll let you know. Jeremy, you wrote one team source. You just talked about it. Believes Brown failed to show up that Saturday to prove a point. See what happens without me drawing those double teams. How does that rub the players within the locker room? How does that rub that source? Uh, well, I think that they were, yeah, I mean, they're put off by it. Uh, I mean, it's it's hard to defend, right? And sure. there, like I said, there, there are layers to this where I think most would agree that um, that Brown is not the sole problem with, with all that's going on with the Steelers, right? Uh, but, and most would say he's not really a major problem as far as, you know, some of the stuff late to meeting, things like that. Like, some guys just don't care about that, you know. Uh, and he's very well liked in that locker room. I mean, he's got a relationship really from whatever with every guy on that team, you know, personal handshakes, whatever, you know, workouts, massage therapy. Like, he's, he's a sharing guy uh, with a lot of people there. So there's not really a lot of bad blood in that regard, but it's, it's still, at, at the core, it's just hard to defend what happened, right? Like, it's hard to say. Oh, you know, it's cool uh, that the Brown did this. So nobody's saying that. So that's that's sort of the rub right now. There's been, um, I think, people are waiting to hear something from Brown, something maybe more definitive than some of the social media pictures of him in a 49ers jersey. I think that's sort of the problem right now. Jeremy, awesome stuff, man. Great article. Really appreciate you taking the time to be with us. Hey, anytime, man. Thanks for having me. Thanks a lot. See you at the game. That's Jeremy Fowler from ESPN. Lot to digest there. A lot of it. We'll get to Ben Roethlisberger's relationship with Antonio Brown coming up in about eight minutes. But the people who say that Mike Tomlin took it too easy on AB, I mean, this is vindication for them. But it sounds a lot like everybody took it too easy on him. That it wasn't just Mike Tomlin. That everyone has a good relationship with him. They've all got personal handshakes with Antonio Brown. They like this guy to the point where he's walking into meetings late and smiling, and they weren't overly perturbed or pissed off. So you can blame Mike Tomlin and say he's giving this guy a little too much rope, but where's the locker room leadership here, too? I mean, the locker room leaders need to step in there a little bit as well. If you are a Cam Hayward if you're a Ben Roethlisberger, you got to say, man, be on time for these things. you got to tell them these little things, they do matter. Because one could draw the line from not showing up to work on time, not being on the P's and Q's, not being on your details, to why a guy would step out of bounds on a game's final play against Miami a handful of years ago when the Steelers could have gone to the playoffs had he stayed inbounds. Uh, details matter, and Mike Tomlin dropped the ball a little bit now, I'm starting to realize. Not as much as some people are putting out there. As I said in the 
monologue to start the show. I think that this all just would have come to a head earlier, but the locker room leadership, too, didn't do a good enough job in trying to wrangle Antonio Brown. His relationship with Ben Roethlisberger is insane. It is crazy. And we'll dive into that when we come back. It's the Crowley Show. Sally Wigan likes him, and so should you. Adam, I think I think having millennials on the radio is awesome. I don't hate you. God. Adam Crowley. My dogs listen to you when I walk <laughs> out the door. On ESPN Pittsburgh. Oh, Mike was already on. John tweets at underscore Adam Crowley. If Tomlin would have been strict with A.B. from day one, this would not have happened. However, there was no stopping it once it started. Here's the way I look at it, John. Mike Tomlin could have been better finding Antonio Brown every single time he was late. He could have done better announcing it to the group every time he was late. Set an example for the other people. But finding Antonio Brown would not have stopped Antonio Brown from turning into the monster he's become. The people he respects, the people he looks to for advice, are people who aren't going to help him fit within a team unit. Terrell Owens, Chad Ojocinco, James Harrison. So... I think Antonio Brown, no matter what Mike Tomlin did, would have become a nuisance, or more than a nuisance. He would have quit on the team. It just depends on when things have run its course. What happened to adults taking responsibility for themselves? Myself, you, Tom, neither of us need somebody to yell at us or reprimand us to come into work every day. We do it because that's what we do. We have to do it, and we do it. So, so blaming Tomlin, yeah, maybe he played a little bit part of it, but Antonio Brown is supposed to be an adult, an adult human living in society with responsibility. The guy's got a family and kid, which he holds so in high regard. He should be coming to work on his own as a responsible adult. We've had this conversation just with us, right? And I think the same thing's happened with the Pittsburgh Steelers as it relates to Antonio Brown. We have a really fun environment. Sometimes we'll have to kind of check each other. Yeah. And be like, hey, maybe we need to take things a little bit more seriously in this regard. Maybe this needs to be a little bit tighter here. Brian said the conversation. Eh, this is also a work environment. Okay, people, there are things that we do that you can't do in other work environments. But you also have to realize you still have to respect the space. You still have to respect the craft. You still have to respect the process. That's what's happening with Antonio Brown or what has happened with Antonio Brown. It doesn't sound like Mike Tomlin checked him every single time, but it does sound like he did at times find him. And there was one moment that was recanted in the story where Antonio Brown snipped something about Mike Tomlin being Martin Luther King, and Mike Tomlin was none too pleased. And he barked back at him in a team public setting. So it's not like he never went unchecked not as much as people would have liked but he never went unchecked and man for all the people out there who say that man the players didn't seem to have a problem with it i mean the players don't seem to think that it's something that shouldn't have happened 
When you've got a player of Antonio Brown's quality, you do have to treat him a little bit with kid gloves. People love Jim Leland around here, right? Because he screamed the F word at Barry Bonds and he put Barry Bonds in his place, right? That doesn't work anymore, I don't think. In 2019, it does not work. 2018, over the course of Antonio Brown's career, it's a different society now. That would never work. Uh, These athletes are so far and away bigger than the people that they play for that you have a tough time putting them in your place, in their place, if you're a coach. This is bad. It's a bad situation. But I don't put it all at the feet of Mike Tomlin. I put most of it at the feet of Antonio Brown, even with the information that came out today from Jeremy Fowler. 412-922-2874, which brings me to Ben Roethlisberger. Ben Roethlisberger and Antonio Brown's relationship did not get all that much clearer to me by reading Jeremy Fowler's article on ESPN.com. You had a lot of people say it was love and hate. You had some people say that Ben was very rarely critical of Antonio Brown in team settings, overly critical of Antonio Brown. So it doesn't sound like this was a toxic relationship, at least on the surface. It sounds like the problems between the two are deep-seated. It sounds like they're bubbling below. Uh, Antonio Brown upset maybe over Ben Roethlisberger's comment on his radio show after the Denver game where he threw the interception, saying, well, A.B. should not have been as shallow. And then also saying, on second thought, I wish I could have thrown the ball four times to Juju Smith-Schuster. That rubbed A.B. the wrong way. But A.B., being the child that he is, wasn't able to talk to Ben about it, wasn't able to work it out with his words, but instead lets it simmer, lets it simmer, lets it simmer until it blows up. When my wife and I have had the worst fights that we've had, it's not been because of the thing that we're fighting about. It's never because you leave the toaster plugged in. It's because you never do your chores, and this bothers me, and that irritates me, and why the bleep did you do that, and I can't believe you did that, that you haven't talked about that just sits there and festers. When stuff festers, that's when it all blows up. When stuff festers, all it is is one match, and bam, the dynamite goes off. And that's what it sounds like happened here. Is A.B. was pissed, A.B.'s irritated, Juju going to get the ball thrown to him four times, why is Ben calling me out because... He threw the interception. He says the right things on Friday. Ben's my guy. That's whenever he was the interception lizard, remember? And it just sits there, festering, percolating, until like Vesuvius. And that's where we are today. Could Ben Roethlisberger have been more direct and criticized Antonio Brown, not publicly, but Privately? Yeah, probably that's the smarter thing to do. But the criticism of Antonio Brown I don't think would have changed had it been private. Ben Roethlisberger thought he ran a flat route. He did run a flat route. If Ben had said that in privacy, would A.B. have been mad? Probably. At least that's my take on the situation. Which again, oh boy, here we go, boys. It circles all the way back. All the way back to it being one guy's fault. Primarily, and that's Antonio Brown. I think Mike Tomlin could have changed some of the ways he fined. I think Mike Tomlin could have changed some of the ways that he behaved around Antonio Brown. A.B. still would have been A.B. I think Ben Roethlisberger could have said the things he said on his radio show in private to Antonio Brown, but I think A.B. reacts the same way. He's still A.B. 
That's what I'm getting. That's what I'm taking away. So you know what I say about that, Antonio Brown? We got one less problem without you. See ya. And now he's befriended Terrell Owens and Chad Ochocinco. He's posting Instagram photos that are doctored, obviously, with him in a 49ers uniform, hugging Jerry Rice, the GOAT. Clearly, that never happened. It's incredibly strange. He just photoshops it himself. Now, he probably didn't make the graphic. His graphic dude probably did it for him. I mean, there's no chance in hell that Antonio Brown is sitting in, what is it, Perks and Caicos? Perks and Caicos? I don't know what it's yeah, called. Perks and Caicos. No, Perks and Caicos sounds right to me. <laughs> Wherever AB goes, there's always Perks. And Caicos. <laughs> that's probably what AB calls it. That's what I. That's what I still think it's called. Where are you at, AB? I'm down at Perks and Kinkos. Perks and Kinkos. <laughs> yeah, Perks and Kinkos. No, that's FedEx. And, oh, oh yes. Yeah, sorry, and just a little confusion there. I want to clear that up. Antonio Brown's sitting down there, and what is it? Perks and Kinkos. Perks and Kinkos. <laughs> and he's like, "Hey, I gotta get my, I gotta get my social media dude to cook this up for me." I mean, this guy is the problem, and it doesn't mean that the Steelers don't have their problems. It, it really doesn't. Uh, it does not mean that Mike Tomlin's a perfect leader. I'm not saying that. It doesn't mean that Ben Roethlisberger is a perfect quarterback. My God, you know we've criticized him on this show. It doesn't mean that Ben Roethlisberger is a perfect leader. My God, we've criticized him on this show for that too. But those problems to me from Mike Tomlin and Ben Roethlisberger pale in comparison to the San Francisco 49er uniform wearing Antonio Brown. Here's what Terrell Owens had to say on whether or not A.B. was ready for a change of scenery. This was on the Mike Florio podcast. Absolutely. He wants to move on. I don't like how Ben has kind of thrown him under the bus in certain instances. We've talked for a long time. This is me now speaking. This is no longer Terrell Owens. We've talked uh, in a number of instances about how Ben Roethlisberger gets unfairly lumped in, and it's because guys like T.O. have talked to A.B., in the viewpoint that he's putting out there is A.B.'s viewpoint. And a guy like James Harrison. And a guy like Chad Ochocinco. And even people who are actually broadcasters who are on the NFL network like Deion Sanders. Those guys, they've talked to A.B. And when they say, oh, I think Ben Roethlisberger is part of the problem, they're conveying what A.B.'s saying. Doesn't mean it's true. A.B. can think that Ben Roethlisberger is a problem, but really... The guy with the problem is the petulant child who wears the number 84. And those receivers come in with a bias as well. They, it is like a quarterback-receiver kind of, especially when you're dealing with the Divas. It, it's this rift where it's always the quarterback's fault, you know, and they're always looking to someone to blame, and it's usually the easiest one with all of these guys. And and when, when A.B.'s coming to them and saying, eh, Ben's doing this, they're like, oh, you don't have to tell me about that. You know, quarterbacks are a-holes. It's and a really then, good point. And then it blows up. It's a really good point. It's like having Ray Lewis as an analyst, and you're asking about a quarterback. Oh, court, man, <laughs> yeah. that defense, they did their job, but you just can't turn that ball over in that situation. He's coming with a slant. He's coming with a bias. It's just so weird how two positions that are so symbiotic, like so reliant on each other to be successful, oftentimes have such a rivalry amongst each other. Like you saw with T.O. and Donovan McNabb. You see it now with A.B. and Big Ben kind of starting to percolate. Like... 
these two positions don't get to where the the highest of heights without a good quarterback, without a good wide receiver. So I just don't get how they oftentimes butt heads when it's such a symbiotic thing. Well, when you look at when you got an ego like these guys, and, and you can do no wrong, and you've never done any wrong in your own mind, the closest guy to blame would be the quarterback. You know, if not the quarterback, the coach for not calling the plays to get you the ball, and then shortly after that, it's the quarterback not getting you the ball. So they're they're just pre-designed to blame someone else for something. And I'm talking the ego guys, not the guys who work hard, go in and do their job and and aren't crazy. I'm talking the Terrell Owens, the the uh, you know the ABs, those sorts of quarterbacks. Well, it's a really good point again, Brian, because Antonio Brown's never running a route and thinking he was running a poor one. Yeah, Chad Ochocinco never ran a route, thought it was a poor one. Terrell Owens never ran a route and thought it was a poor one. Anytime they're not getting the ball, it's because oh, the quarterback didn't see me. Oh, the quarterback did this, did that, overthrew me, underthrew me, was inaccurate here. It, it's such a good point. And if you need evidence of that. Like, look every time that they look for the pass interference when they don't catch a ball, when there's no pass interference at all. It's the first that. one right next to It's one of my favorite parts of the NFL. That's three good points in a segment, Brian. Oh, man. Jeez, what, why are you being such a show-off today? Blew my load it's early. kind of disgusting. That is really economic of you. <laughs> uh, I've been talking for... Is that the word? I, yes, I've been talking for about 53 minutes, and I have not made three good points yet. Brian, <laughs> he talks for about a minute and a half so far. He's made three very good ones. This is a team, man. This show's made three good points. Well, okay, so wait a second here. Why are we all able to work together? <laughs> Why are we all able to be a symbiotic relationship? Why are we able to share the ball, but this guy and that guy, they can't? Lack Just... of ego. We're just, great people. Just wait until we get that money, though. Oh, oh then we'll be. God, it's oh, over. Once oh, we're it's huge over. stars, <laughs> F you guys. Well, <laughs> I, I won't pre-show meet with you guys once we get the money. I'm just going to show up behind the glass. Yeah, I won't even tell you I'm not showing up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Brian's not here today. <laughs> yeah. We will continue to revisit this topic and beat the son of a gun into the ground in the next hour of the program. First, we have Fat Jack from FatJackSports.com as he handicaps the Pro Bowl. Just kidding. What the hell are we going to talk to this guy about? Are sports happening? It's, uh, it's Crowley's show. Fellas, we got basketball, college ball. ESPN Pittsburgh.